The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is Your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. What is your biggest money problem today? Owning your own home? Providing for your children's education? Retiring when you're young enough to enjoy it? Then why not ask the man who knows best how to help you with your problems? Ask your local Equitable Society agent. He's a specialist in these matters. In about 14 minutes, I'd like to tell you more about the men who represent the Equitable Society and how they may help you enjoy the advantages of membership in the Equitable Society. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, Armed Robbery. It's titled, Hot Ice. The Federal Bureau of Investigation maintains a constant study of the fluctuation in the volume of unlawful activities in every section of the country. For by knowing the trends in crime, it is better able to meet the threat. Constantly throughout the year, crime reports and fingerprint arrest records forwarded by the local police are reviewed by your FBI and a summary of the facts printed semi-annually in a booklet called The FBI Uniform Crime Reports. The last issue of that report reveals, among other facts, that the number of women arrested in the United States is rising at a tremendous rate. Nor are all their crimes petty infractions. Last year, for example, three women every day were arrested for criminal homicide. The figures on other crimes committed by female lawbreakers showed that women were beginning to constitute a major factor in the field of crime. Tonight's FBI file opens in a Midwestern women's prison. A large workroom is filled with inmates making uniforms for male prisoners in other penal institutions. In one corner, several girls are seated at a long table cutting material as another inmate returns to her place. Laura, you see the board? Yeah. Well, what'd they say? They turned me down. Ah, that's too bad. Um, Throw me my shears. Yeah, sure. The board give you any reason? Hmm. The same old thing. Fourth offenders don't get a break. Oh, well, you'll be out in ten days anyway. That's not soon enough. You've been here over five months. What difference is ten more days? <laughs> Plenty. Hey, watch what you're cutting. Oh, sorry, Flo. This guy better have awful short legs. Flo, uh, you got anything waiting for you tomorrow? Hmm? Yeah, two ex-husbands. You want to work on something with me? Well, sure. Well, uh, my boyfriend was Happy Harrison. Yeah, so I heard. You see, just before he died, he robbed a place and he hid the loot on the Crescent Beach Pier in the jip auction joint he had. What kind of loot was it? 
$30,000 worth of jewelry, rings, watches, bracelets, everything. It's in a box wrapped in tissue paper and velvet. Mm. Who else knows? Nobody. Why are you telling me? Because you're getting out tomorrow, and the pier is due to open next week. Oh. Pick up that box and hold it till I'm loose. Then what? I'll split it with you. How do I get it? It's the last place on the pier. In the back room, there's a loose floorboard under the window. Just lift it up and reach in. That's all? Mm-hmm. I'll meet you at the Star Hotel as soon as I'm out. Meanwhile, on the long, gaily decorated Crescent Beach Pier, men are working on the various amusement stands, getting ready for next week's big opening. At one of the stands, a middle-aged man is tinkering with some wires under the counter when he hears someone calling. Hey, vinegar. Yeah. Company. What? Well, look at here. Well, Herbie. <laughs> you old goat. Well, look at you, you old windbag. How are you, vinegar? <laughs> Broke as a kid's toy. Don't shake, son. We're even. <laughs> Say, uh, Herb, what are you doing here? I uh, ran into Smitty, and he... Said you'd hooked up with his rag bag. Well, sir. Well, look at you. <laughs> it's great to see you. It's been a long time. Yes, sir. See, that was uh, ah, the Chicago Fair. 33. Uh, that's the best shell game I ever ran. <laughs> hey, you remember the sucker who lost 300 and then yelled copper? <laughs> <laughs> what a night. Oh, oh, what a night is right. That's <laughs> sure <what>? Say, uh... <laughs> You know, you never gave me my half of that 300. Yes? Hmm? Didn't I? It, no. Well, I must have forgot it. <laughs> you need a hand here? Okay, Herbie. Uh, but Herb, hmm. no swing. Vinegar, would I steal from you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, walk around here and I'll let you in. Yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. The guy who put this latch on certainly hated his job. Now, there she is. wheel you got. Yeah, yeah, it's a dandy. Yeah, it swings easier than the old ones. Yeah. Where's the control? Well, now, that, that's what I'm working on now. Come on, bend down here. Wires? Yeah, I like them much better than the old foot control. Yeah, they're not as sure. Herb, when I get finished, I promise you, no mark will win anything bigger than a clay pipe or one of them wallets made out of genuine paper. <laughs> uh, what's in the back there? Oh, back there, that's just an empty room. Uh, the guys who had this place last year had a pretty good touch. Phony auction. That afternoon at the local FBI field office, Special Agent Jim Taylor reports to Agent in Charge Cordell. Welcome to the office, Taylor. Thank you, sir. What desk were you on at Salt Lake City? Interstate theft. Good. Well, the man who just transferred out left this file. Take it over. All right, sir. It's a jewel theft that took place on the other side of the lake six months ago. Thief came back across the state line by boat and was seen by a policeman coming off the Crescent Beach Amusement Pier. Do we know who the thief was? Yeah. Or? The victim made a positive identification. It was a man named Harrison. The policeman stopped Harrison, searched him, found a gun, and arrested him. On the way to the station, Harrison made a break. The policeman fired, but he kept going. You get away? For a few hours. 
He was arrested at his girl's house and died the next day at City Hospital. Did the officer find the stolen jewelry? No. And it's never turned up. Finding it will be one of your jobs. All right, sir. Oh, how about that girl that you mentioned? Her name's Nora Ridley. She got six months for harboring Harrison, and she's due to be released next week. Uh, here's a file on her. Right. Aside from their relationship, did anything point to her knowing where the loot was hidden? No, but if Harrison told anybody, it must have been her. All right, sir, I'll put her under surveillance when she's released. Well, there she is. All right, Herbie, go ahead, now spin it. Okay, boy, now just throw a number at me. Eleven. Eleven. Now, you watch that wheel. <laughs> Thirty-six. Huh? Well, that can't be. It had to stop at eleven. I told you foot control was better. I got enough wires hooked up now to get Honolulu short wave. Vinegar, it just don't work. Now you wait a minute. You wait till I get under this counter. Then you spin her again. Thought you said the pier don't open till Friday. Well, it don't. Here comes a player. Huh? Where? The girly. Oh, well, well, well. Can I help you, lady? Well, I... I've Go ahead, lady. Try your luck. Win a coffee pot, a blanket, that beautiful clock, anything on the counter. We're not uh, really open yet, but if you're this anxious... Uh... I, I must have the wrong place. That's so? What are you looking for? The last place on the pier. Well, if there's anybody further, he's working in a submarine. <laughs> but I thought this was where they had auctions. Oh, dear. That was last year. Uh, what did you want to buy, lady? We'll get you anything you want. Anything from a harmonica to an elephant. Well, I'm really looking for a job. Oh, well, you're right. You did come to the wrong place. I need one real bad. I'm broke, no, no, hungry, no, 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 and... No, lady, 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 please, please, please. If you want to match troubles, I'll spot you five and let you go first. Uh, Vinegar. Hmm? What? A pretty girl spinning the wheel might help. Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter with you? We ain't taking in a buck yet, and you're adding to the act. The answer is no, lady. N-O-E, no. Okay. Vinegar, you should have hired her. Oh, why don't you stop? Never mind that. Never mind. Let, let, let's get these wires fixed or we'll wind up with an honest wheel. Hello, Larry. Oh, hey, stand back. Let's get a look at you. <laughs> hey, you look great. Come on, sit down. Thanks. Ah, where you been? On vacation. The state paid for it. Oh. Well, uh, what do you want to drink? Oh, nothing, thanks. Well, what are you doing now, Larry? Oh, I got a little action going. Would you like some real action? Like what? Like the loot from a big robbery. Which one? Happy Harrison's last job. <laughs> where would you get that? I was in with his girl. Nora Ridley? Yeah, you know her? Well, before she started to go with Happy. Well, she told me where the loot is. Where? On the Crescent Beach Pier, under the floor of one of the stands. Well, why don't you glom it? Well, I tried to, but I can't. There's $30,000 worth of stuff. How much is uh, your end? Half. Help me, and I'll split my share with you. Ah, uh, don't sound right. Well, what don't? The whole deal. Why should Nora give you half? Who else was she going to ask to pick up this stuff? The warden? 
Now, now, look, Larry. If breaking into places was my line, I wouldn't be here. Okay. I'll go out there with you. When? What's wrong with tonight? got some new information on that jewelry, Mr. Cordell. Good. I re-interviewed a pawnbroker named Parker, the one who corroborated Harrison's alibi. I think I remember him. He's the one who testified Harrison was in his store at the time of the robbery. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Parker's shop was raided by the police. He was arrested for fencing stolen property. When was this? Last week. I just spoke to him at city jail, and he admitted that he lied about Harrison. He get the jewelry? Well, Harrison promised to deliver it, but he didn't live long enough to do it. Did Parker have any idea where it was? No, sir, but from something he said, it might be in the general area of that amusement pier. Uh-huh. Told me Harrison had a business out there at the lake. What kind? Uh, he didn't know that or exactly where it was. Well, the lakefront's a pretty large community. I searched the real estate records. Nothing was listed for Harrison. Oh, and uh, here's a list of every concession I had out at the pier last year. Mm-hmm. Did Parker know anything at all about the business? Just that Harrison didn't operate it himself. I took his picture out to the pier, showed it around. No one recognized him. However, if you think the angle is worth pursuing, I'll keep checking on it. I think it's the next stand. You think it is? It's the last one. I know that. Wish we could see where we're going. Yeah. Try the flashlight again. Oh, this just lets you see the fog a little better. Mm-hmm. Hold it. This the place? Uh-huh. The door's around on the side. You ought to be able to handle that lock. Watch. Mind a switch. The flash will work in here. There's a loose board in this corner. Here, hold a light. Okay. See anything? Jackpot. Huh? I can't see. Tissue paper. Velvet. Now, get the box. Hey. Is it too heavy to lift? It's gone. We will return in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. But right now, I'd like to have you hear from Mrs. Marie Twining. Mrs. Twining has been a member of the Equitable Society for a number of years. Could you tell us, Mrs. Twining, what made you and your husband decide to join the Equitable? It was this program that started, Mr. Keating. My husband and I were worried about the future, and we heard about a life insurance plan that sounded like the answer. So we telephoned our local Equitable Society agent, and he dropped around to see us. Well, after that meeting, you have no idea what a feeling of relief we had. He outlined a plan that showed us how to provide for the future. He made it all seem so simple and so sensible. Building the right life insurance plan is simple, Mrs. Twining. 
if you know how. And equitable society men really know how. I'll tell you, Mr. Keating, it's wonderful to know you're protected no matter what happens. Well, that's the aim of every equitable society man. You see, equitable men are helpful, friendly men who have made a study of life insurance and its great value in building financial protection for the American family. They want you to be protected, and they know the best dollar and cents way to protect you. And backing up every equitable man is a trained staff of experts in the Equitable Society's home office, actuaries, technicians, and economists. Remember this. Careful planning will reduce your money worries. One of the surest ways to plan carefully is to consult your local Equitable Society representative. He'll be glad to visit you and discuss your problems thoroughly, any time it's convenient to you and without obligation. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local equitable representative. Or write the Equitable Society. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, Hot Ice. A recent report on crime mentioned the common public misconception that jewel thieves are well-dressed, intelligent, high-living criminals who make fortunes in a few minutes. The truth is that like most other criminals, the jewel thief is a maladjusted person of either sex and any age who usually lives in a cheap rooming house or run-down hotel. No criminal, in spite of an occasional momentary success, lives a life to be envied. Because every case is investigated as thoroughly as the one you are now hearing dramatized, the criminal must live in constant fear, must know that sooner or later, the chase will end, will end as it always does, in failure for him. Tonight's FBI file continues a few days later at the stand on the amusement pier. Well, yeah, Herb, I did it. Did what? I fixed them wires. Now, son, if we want to, <laughs> we can make that old wheel whistle Dixie. In what key? I don't believe it, huh? All right. Go ahead, spin it. Spin it. There she goes. Now, son, hit me with a number. All right. 21. Good old 21. And there you are, 21. Vinegar. What about that break? Hmm? Did you notice that? Yes. Now, the suckers won't hear it. Not if you use half the place for a shooting gallery. Well, if it gets too tough, we'll we'll let them win. <laughs> let them win. Vinegar, I'd rather hear you knock your mother. <laughs> oh, say, uh, Herbie, wait a minute. Look here. I've got some uh, costume jewelry under the counter. Yeah, look at that stuff. We can use these things for prizes. Oh, that's too junky looking. Who conned you into buying this slum? Nobody. The guys who ran this auction joint last year must have left it behind. I found it in the back room the other day. There's the tip-off. If it was worth putting back into popcorn boxes, they wouldn't have left it. Well, maybe it'll be okay if we polish it up. As long as we got the stuff, might as well use it. Cordell. Oh, yes, Taylor. I think I found an angle on that Harrison case. Good. No one at the lakefront recognized Harrison's picture, but I think I picked up a lead. What's that? 
An address of Harrison's, 31 Motor Avenue. It turned out to be a warehouse. You been there yet? Yes, sir. It was empty. Well, who's using it now? No one. It's exactly the way it was when Harrison left just before that robbery. Oh, but that was six months ago. Well, he had a year's rent paid in advance. Well, what's this angle you found? I ran across some shipping receipts in the place, so I checked the records down at the express company. Harrison used the place to store stolen goods? Well, that I don't know. The express record showed three shipments about this time last year from the Jordan Company in Rivertown. What business are they in? Well, the receipts didn't show what the shipments contained, but I've wired the company. Good. Oh, uh, Mr. Cordell, Harrison's ex-girl is due to be released tomorrow. Well, never mind the surveillance on her. I'll put another agent on that. You stay with this. Hello. Larry? Yeah, Flo. I went out to the stand again this morning. The loot is there. The old guys are going to use it for prizes. What? They think it's glass. Oh, great. Did you make another pitch for a jab? Yeah, and I got it. I'm a shill starting tomorrow. Well, what's your trouble? Go in and light finger the stuff. Oh, you can't steal anything from those two. You better get out here. Okay, when? Oh, it makes no difference. The old guys will be working in the place all night. What for? Getting ready for the opening. Yeah, I'll see you around 11. Cordell, I just got a wire from the Jordan Company. What did Harrison buy? Cheap wristwatches by the dozen. Oh? Six cross altogether. Hmm. I thought we knew about all these businesses, but we never heard about a jewelry store. Or anything come in on that Nora Ridley surveillance? She returned to the city on the first possible train and went directly to the Star Hotel. Is that where she's living? No. She was looking for a Flo Braddock. Miss Braddock checked out this morning. Oh, who's she? Former cellmate of Nora Ridley's, released a week ago. I see. The report said Miss Ridley got quite excited when she learned her friend had gone. Where'd she go from there? And that just happened a few minutes ago. Oh. But as she was leaving the hotel lobby, she picked up a timetable for buses to the beach. A beach again? Yeah. Keeps popping up. See, Mr. Cordell, there's a place there that could have used six gross of cheap watches. At the beach? Yeah, I think so. You still have that list of last year's pier concessions? Sir, what a fog. Even the birds are walking. Hey, where's our coffee? No coffee. Never even got to the Java joint. I've been all this time groping my way back here. Well, if it's this way tomorrow night, we'll wind up playing the wheel ourselves. Flo? Yeah? You better stop polishing our junk and go home. I gotta wait around for my boyfriend. This looks worse than it was in Frisco. Yes, brother, and it is. I thought you two haven't seen each other in 20 years. Frisco was 1920. That's right, that's right, 1920, that's when we met. Yeah, such a foggy night, we picked each other's pockets. <laughs> I knew he was a fellow professional when I reached in and found three wallets. That's when we teamed up. Yeah. You worked together? Yeah, for ten years. Well, mm-hmm. how come you split up? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that happened in Frisco, too. Also in the fog. I was Punjab, the Indian fortune teller. Oh, man, oh, man, what a touch that was. Was that a... T- yeah, no expenses. I use a towel from the hotel for a turban, and my crystal ball is a goldfish pole turned upside down. 
Can you make much telling fortune? You can the way we did it. <laughs> Vinegar used to wait till he got a mark who looked soft. <laughs> then he'd sell them a paper bag and tell them they could double all their money if they went home, loaded the bag, and buried it. <laughs> when they left the tent, I was supposed to follow them and dig it up. <laughs> The first night we're open, Vinegar got a mark who was perfect. Rich, old, and stupid. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can remember him now. <laughs> when Vinegar told him he could double his money, he said, even if I put $2,000 in the bag. <laughs> so I gave him two extra bags. <laughs> well, I started following him home in this fog. He walked down towards the waterfront. <laughs> I didn't want him to get suspicious, so I stayed about a half block behind and followed his footsteps. <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm swimming. What? <laughs> this guy caught a ferry. <laughs> and Herb didn't. No. <laughs> Hi, Larry. Oh, hello there, son. This your boyfriend? Yeah. Flo, get the stuff. It's all here in the box. I just finished polishing it. It's pretty good. Close it and let's go. Whoa, 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 Nellie. Whoa, boy. Those are prizes. If you want them, you gotta win them. No, I don't. Pal, your gun is showing. Yeah, don't clown. It's real. Hey, Flo, you didn't tell us that your boyfriend was in the artillery. I forgot. Come on. We got a train to catch. Well, where? <laughs> Don't struggle. I got the gun. Nora. Hello, Flo. Thanks, lady, but you didn't have to take a chance like that for us. Not to save that junk. Hand it over. You want it too? That junk is only worth about thirty thousand dollars. What? What? You mean it's the McCoy? Yeah. Vinegar, you were right. They would have made good prizes. Okay, let's have the box. Sure. Is it all here? Yeah, and Nora. I didn't want to do this. He made me. She's a liar. Nora, you know I wouldn't double-cross you. Don't feel so bad about it. I wasn't going to cut you in anyway. What? Well, thanks for polishing the stuff. I'll see you around. Hold it right there. What? Oh. Well, I hope it's this crowded tomorrow. I'll take the gun and that jewelry. Cops. That's right. We're special agents of the FBI. You three are under arrest. <laughs> Ridley, Flo Braddock, and Larry Marlowe were convicted and sentenced to terms in federal penal institutions. Approaching the stand at the amusement pier, Agent Taylor spotted the special agent keeping a surveillance on Nora Ridley. They followed her through the dense fog to the stand with results you have just heard. Agent Taylor went to that part of the pier after checking the list of concessions and learning one had been an auction house the previous year. An auction house specializing in cheap watches, rings, and costume jewelry. And so another case from the files of your FBI was closed. Closed with the arrest and conviction of all the criminals. In addition, the stolen jewelry was returned to its original owner. Once more illustrating how your FBI protects your property in addition to your life and your liberty. Do you believe you'd be happier if you made more money? Well, everybody believes that, so you'll have to look elsewhere for the answer. The right answer is, make the best use of the money you have. Now, there is one man who can help you do just that. He is your local Equitable Society agent. Without any obligation to you, 
He is ready to help you plan for future security and peace of mind. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local representative of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, armed robbery. Its title, The Larceny Express. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Snyder. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Parley Bear, Anthony Barrett, Betty Blythe, Walter Catlett, Marlene Lightbody, and John Stevenson. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Larceny Express on This Is Your FBI. Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. There's fun for the whole family when Ozzie and Harriet come your way next. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is ABC Radio Network.